Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and I am your guide in this raucous journey of coping with the creative life. Fueled by your questions, we explore the trials and travails of productivity, discipline, art, and finances in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1059. Today we hear from Nicole, who asks, I was wondering if you could talk about your best or most memorable writing sprints. Is this a thing for the art community also? My most memorable writing sprint... Um, oh God, I've got a few favorites, but I think the the one that I treasure most was the first time I ever wrote a book in a month, and I accidentally wrote two in one month. I was putting together Throwing Lead and writing a short story about a detective who stumbled on a bioengineering conspiracy. The um, And unfortunately that... Well, fortunately, but unfortunately for me at the time, that short story escaped and became And Then She Was Gone, which is the first Clark Lantham mystery novel. That was about 65,000 words long, and Throwing Lead was about 85,000 words, and it's it's a little dated now, but still, if you don't know anything about guns and you're a writer, it's definitely a go-to resource. It's a writer's guide to firearms and the people who use them. Technology and law have moved on a little bit since I wrote the book, but everything in there is still accurate. Um, it's just not as kitchen sink all-encompassing as it was when I wrote it. Uh, except for the bit about sci-fi weapons, uh, some technological developments have proved some of the things I said wrong. Um, but uh, about directed energy weapons. But aside from, aside from that, anyway, um, I was basically typing 24-7 because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to let this short story escape. I was going to run it to ground. And in the space of about, it was the month of August, I think I started like July 25th, finished up at the end of August, I wrote both books, and I wrote most of them at a walking desk, which was loads of fun. It was, it kept, it's one of the reasons I could do it, because it kept my nervous energy burning off. And, Unf prevent, and prevented uh, RSIs. No, it didn't. No? Because that was when the space bar broke. Oh. The space bar on my Microsoft ergonomic keyboard got sticky. And I wound up crippled for 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 three weeks. Because I was, you had to press the because because I had to hit the space bar so hard, mm. and I was in such pain that I couldn't do anything. I mean, like to the point where I couldn't like do the fasteners on my pants, and I couldn't tie my shoes. So I didn't go anywhere that I couldn't take that I couldn't wear sandals and sweats. It just couldn't function. And I was in so much pain that I complained about it at a weekend gathering with some friends. And one of our friends, who is a massage therapist, moved into the house and slept on the couch for two weeks and rubbed my arm down every day, two or three times a day. And we watched movies the rest of the time. Got to know her really great. Turned an acquaintance into a great friend. And oh my God, she saved my life. Because by the end of that, I had no RSI anymore. And then I went and found an ergonomic keyboard that wasn't made by Microsoft and wouldn't do that to me. Mm. Um, and I also um, got religion on cleaning my keyboards regularly so, <laughs> so that they wouldn't get sticky. But 
I, at the end of that experience, for the first time in my life, I felt like I really had the chops to be a pro. Because there's two parts, right? There's having enough craft that you can hold the audience's attention and produce a good product. And then there's having enough drive to keep producing. And up to that point, I was doing a book and a few short stories every year. I had done... I. I mean, Every, I mean, I had written down from 10 and 28 days before that, but that was a little bit of a cheat because I had written the screenplay before I wrote the book. And the screenplay I also did on a tight deadline, but when I did the novel, I, of course, was working from something. So it went fast as well, And but I was still doing a lot of original work to adapt the screenplay to the novel. But again, that was, I, that was the only book I did that year. I worked on other books, but I didn't finish any of them. And this was the first time I'd done start to finish on two different books in one month and finished it with momentum that I wanted to carry forward. And fortunately, the momentum was so big that I did carry it forward, even though I had to take a few weeks off. Because as soon as I was back in shape, I sat in, started doing two more novels. Um, And since then, until... I fell off the wagon a couple of years ago because of all the stuff going on, helping parents retire, moving all the time, and that sort of thing. I was always doing two novels at a time, and I was doing anywhere, I was finishing anywhere between three and six novels a year. Um, Other memorable writing sprints was doing Down From Ten, like I said. Coffee service. Oh, oh, that was the first time I ever did a short story in a day. Um, I had watched, I, I was, uh, God, I was, what, 21 years old, 20 years old? Something like that. It was very early. We had rented and watched Psycho 4, and it really got to me. And the next day, I was just wandering around with vague ideas in my head and disturbing ideas in my head. And so I sat down, I, d- I decided, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just write it out. And I sat down and I said, I've never written a dramatic monologue, I'll do that. Because I I like to perform dramatic monologues. I was doing a lot of that at the time. So I decided I'd write myself a monologue. I figured it would be, you know, 500 words, 1,000 words. Sat down, started writing, and I got a 3,500-word short story in about three hours, and I scared the hell out of myself. (laughs) I came home, and I was sitting... uh, Kitty came home from work, and I was sitting catatonic on the couch. And she said, are you okay? And I lifted the printed manuscript up, up off my lap and handed it to her. And I didn't say anything. I didn't even make eye contact. So she sat down with great trepidation and read it as I'm sitting there just blinking, trying to get a hold of myself. She gets done reading it and she looks over at me. She says, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yes. I it's think, a wonderfully creepy story. I think my favorite two writing sprints were writing Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile because it gave me an excuse to revisit a lot of books that I love and that I've been thinking about for years. And the writing sprint where I did uh, Hadrian's Flight. And I wrote Hadrian's Flight in 20 days because someone had invited me to do a book bundle, and I didn't have anything for the book bundle. So I wrote the book for the book bundle. I had so much fun with that, and it flowed so well. And I actually did a um, an as-I-was-going... Um, audio blog on the series on this podcast way back when if you want to dig through the archives you can find it but uh that was a lot of fun so yeah i got it done in the 20 days i sent it to the editor of or to the uh, curator of the bundle and then during the time that i had between when he got all the 
um, pieces together, and when the bundle went live, I did all the proofreading and continuity checking and cover art. That was a lot of fun. I think that was my favorite one. I had so much fun with that. So that's what I got. Um, how about art world writing sprints? Or, sorry, art world composition creation sprints. Um, I would guess that would be one. Any Anytime you, you sit down to do a sketch or a drawing and it becomes a finished product in one sitting and you don't want to fix it or um, add to it and make it more complicated. A lot of art is often a multi-day project because you're working on different aspects. And I would say that um, what, a, what a good sprint is, is hitting a flow state. Yeah. A, a flow state that gives you a, a finished product very quickly whether that happens to be in a month or just three hours or an afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, and they're great for training you on how to create and refine flow states. Yeah. And, and yes, that does happen in the visual arts, and it happens in really any kind of, um, any kind of artistic craft. But you don't have any like organized ones you can point people to or anything? Th no. No. Alas... But uh, well, that's what I got. And of course, you know, NaNoWriMo is the go-to for novelists who are trying to do that if you want a sort of gamified way to do it. But uh, you can do it anytime. Thanks very much for the question, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian, and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2023 J. Daniel Sawyer, and the production is copyright 2023 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, and all other rights are reserved to the author. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.